In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello and welcome back to Betches Brides. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Nicole Pellegrino. And at the end of this episode, or I would say in the middle of this episode, Nicole, I know you, everyone has been asking her about like reception timelines and like what order to do everything. So mm-hmm. why don't you, do you want to explain like the guest that's coming on, on in a bit? Yes. So we had Ben Kaufman, the leader of my wedding band, Spectrum Band, on the podcast to talk about just like how to keep the party going, how to structure the actual reception. So he literally went through his ideal timeline of when you should do everything. Um, he was just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to all of that stuff. We talked about how to pick songs, how to work with your band or your DJ prior to the wedding to communicate with them to make sure you know you're getting all of your requests to them and stuff. I mean, it was really a wealth of knowledge episode that I think a lot of you will feel better once you listen to. That'll be great. Yeah, I'm sure like having a sense for how other people are are doing that will help everyone plan their own timelines because it is confusing kind of like unless you're really paying attention when you go to someone else's wedding you don't really think about that so i don't think the answers are ever super obvious do you know what i mean right and the flow we talked about this too the flow is so important of the reception like it's more than just play these songs don't play these songs it's like a whole actual flow and once you don't realize that there's a flow behind it once you until you actually plan a wedding but there is yeah that's going to be great. And for you guys who for you guys, I know you uh, obviously this is Betches Brides. And I also co-host the You Off podcast with Jared Freed, comedian. And we go through a lot of relationship advice. And I have to say, like a lot of married couples also really like it. And a lot of, you know, we've had people who are engaged, people who are dating come to our live shows. And we're so excited because we have a live show coming up December 8th in New York City. Um, and I'm very excited because I haven't. Nicole was on the road with us when we were doing we did our live tour in 2019 and due to covid we haven't done a show in a while so i'm really really excited we're going to play some fun games it's actually a really fun game to go to with your husband don't you think yes show to go to you said game to go to you could oh sorry could be a game <laughs> well we play, i said game because we play a lot of games yeah, yeah. which is why it's really fun because we play like red flag or deal breaker you'll get your own paddle and you can like kind of judge yes. your significant other based on what they're answering. Um, and it's just a really, really fun interactive show. Um, and I would love if you guys came out and, and saw us, I'd love the bride's audience to have a, uh, you guys must, I'm not kidding. When I say that it is such a fun show, I got the privilege of seeing multiple in a row in 2019, and we're back and it's literally such a fun show. Grab your significant other, make it a couple's like date thing, like grab a p- bunch of couples and go see it because it's truly just a fun thing to do in the big, the big apple. 
Totally. And, you know, just because you're in a relationship, you're getting married doesn't mean you don't have your own interesting couple fights and psychology and other things to deal with. And we go through a lot of relationship stuff, too. It's a great show. Check it out. Betches.co slash you up live 21. That's betches.co slash you up live 21 to get your tickets December 8th, 8 p.m. It's a Wednesday. It's nothing. You're not doing anything that day. I know you guys. Um, <laughs> so come out and I would love to meet you guys also in person. So and so would Nicole because she'll be there. Yes, I will be there. We can have a little little mini bride's corner and we can just talk about I'll give wedding advice before the show if you guys come. Yeah, if you guys come find Nicole and she will like um she will choose between three things that you're deciding between for your wedding. <laughs> yes, it'll be a little pre-show, an unofficial little pre-show and you can only go to it if you listen to this and then get a ticket at betches.co/youuplive21. I love that. Um so Nicole, you are like a week out when this airs from your honeymoon, right? Mhm. And yeah. I'm sure you're getting excited. I, I very much outfits, you know, no, because I got to get my booty to a store and try on some stuff. I, apparently, you don't want to wear black and you don't want to wear blue on the safari because that attracts the flies. There's a lot to know. You know, there's I need to do neutral colors and loose fitting clothing. And there's apparently the temperatures fluctuate so much. So it'll be it's really layers. Cold. I hear. Yes. Right? Layers. Yes. The, the key word here is layers. Um, but other than that, you know, once I get the outfits, I should be good to go. I'm excited just to like get away. Mike and I never get to just get away. The two of us, like we go visit family all the time, but that doesn't count at all. Like we just need a, a trip just to celebrate being married. Yeah, can just bask in each other's husband and wifiness and right. um, really get mm-hmm. away from everything. And you're in Africa, so you'll be like unplugged. Yes, we'll be unplugged, so, but I'll still be, you know, sharing at some point, <laughs> sharing about the honeymoon. Unplugged from work, not unplugged yes. from social media, I'm sure. Exactly. Never. But yeah, I've started to take your advice of doing like the one thing a day. For my wedding, Um, Mike was on his bachelor party last weekend. So it was actually very fun because I got to just I was very bored, but I had like a whole checklist of things to do. But it's it's kind of an awkward phase to be in because I don't have like all of my RSVPs in yet. And because I I have to say have it. okay. so one piece of advice for my mistake that I think the audience would appreciate. So I did online RSVPs. Oh, yes. And I have to say, I do feel like the response from those is like less than the RSVPs mm-hmm. from like a mailing thing. Cause it's like a physical reminder in their face to send it back. And like, you know what I mean? Like it, I feel yeah. like there's someone more pressure. So having gone through the online RSVPs, I do feel like I've had to hunt people down a bit more oh, um, yeah. to get them to do it. Um, probably just because like, once you see the invitation, you just like, don't really think about it. Another thing I didn't do was I didn't write the, I wrote the RSVP by date on the, website but i didn't write it on the card with like the website oh, to rsvp no. so also no pressure there for people so that's another reason <laughs> they're they taking haven't, their so. sweet time yeah and then also i guess given like obviously the situation with covid and a lot of things a lot of people are like still not 100 percent positive like if they're going and they're or they'll know or like their plus one doesn't know if they're going um so it is like I'm trying to do a lot of stuff, but like you can't do a lot of stuff you can't do until you have the full numbers. Like I can't do that. Oh, yeah. I wish I could do like the tables. I wish I could do like. Nope. 
seating chart, get ready. Yeah. Seating chart, getting ready, all that stuff. But it's just like, I need more information. That that number, the final guest count hinders everything. Like literally you can't, you have to give like, that determines how much you're paying for a bunch of stuff. Cause you give that final guest count before. I don't know if you have to do like escort cards on the tables and things like that or menus. Yeah. Like the, yeah all that stuff. Yep. You and it's like that. by person. So you really do need that or like welcome bags. Like it's like you can't order the welcome stuff or the welcome bags. So you know how many welcome bags you're getting. It's like a lot of, a lot of small little things like that. And then also I wanted to do a lot of stuff, but like Mike likes to be in, this is the double-edged sword of a fiance who likes to be involved in things. Cause I'm like, Oh, I wish I could just like do all of this shit while he's gone. But he like, likes to like, look at this. Ugh. Like he does, he likes to like sign off on it too. He's, he's bottlenecking like, you. He is. It's very difficult. So now I have, I'm all like, ba- I have like, I'm all backed up on these things and I'm now waiting <laughs> for like a review from like the review board. Um, before I can send them back to the people. That's nice of you. Most brides would be like, no, F F you. I'm sending it in. I might, I might do that if he doesn't hit my deadlines, but, um, yeah, it's just a lot of like moving parts, you know, especially with like the, like the destination travel, what there's just like a lot of different things that need other things to get done. And have you done like tablescape stuff yet? That's done. Like I know what I'm doing for all the tables. I okay. saw when I went to my site visit in June, it was actually great because that was like they had I paid a little bit of money for them to like bring it and set it up. Oh, amazing. The hotel I was at. So they showed the actual tablescape and I really loved it. I was like very excited about it. But it's also like I don't know how many tables I need. That's because, well, that's like, the thing. You're gonna have to yeah. give them the final guest count because then they'll right. yeah. But that's so nice that they have all that. Yeah, I wanted to do a mix of like round tables and like rectangular tables, but then Mm -hmm. also there might be like some COVID rules around in Mexico about how many people you can have at a table. So that also affects my like table uh, seating chart and all that. And then it gets like, I'm sure, I'm sure you can speak to this, but I feel like it gets awkward once you're trying to like divide the tables and then there's like one couple left over and you're like, where am I going to put them? I don't want to be like offensive by putting this person with people they don't, don't know we're not at like the A-list table. Do you know what I mean? Literally don't even get me started when it comes to the seating chart. It's so hard to do. It is so hard. Very political. I, like, honestly, my piece of advice now for people is like, if you can, if it kind of makes sense to do this, like don't even assign seating. Just let people. I went to the small backyard wedding I went to a couple weeks ago. They they did very like untraditional things, like non-traditional, didn't, you know, mm-hmm. have a lot of your I forget what, but didn't have a lot of your t- typical wedding stuff. But um, there was no seating chart. So we just all kind of like threw our stuff on whatever table and it kind of worked out well. Like people were like, cool, okay, we'll sit wherever we want. Did you assign tables for your rehearsal dinner? No. Um no, 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 we did not. We had people walk in. The families were, I think, like it was like Mike's family was sitting at one. Mine family was nearby. Um, but they like, chose that on their own. Yeah. But we like sat with Mike's parents because it made more sense because my family was larger. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. it we for our friends and stuff, they just sat wherever and it worked out well. Right. Yeah, that is convenient because it's a whole like political mess i feel and then it's so funny i used to talk so much shit about sweetheart tables like i did not like <laughs> the idea of them at all i thought they were like kind of tacky but we've even done an unpopular opinion about that mm-hmm. but now that i'm like if i can only have eight people at a table 
And then it's like yep. Mike and I, then I can shoot. Then like one of us gets two sets of friends and the other one gets like, it's like too political like figuring out who gets what, who's at your table. So I'm kind of now into the sweetheart table that I've been talking shit about for like a full year. <laughs> no, literally you have, you hate the sweetheart table, but now see, okay. That's the thing. The sweetheart table does avoid so much issues and drama. And I mean, Mike and I each had 10 people in our bridal party. So that's already 20 people plus their dates. We weren't going to have a, I don't know how big 40 person. 40. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the 40 person. So literally like you just, it eliminates, you do kind of feel like a, um, my friend said we, she felt like we were like a King and queen, like dining over there. That's what I don't like about it is that the vibe is like, we're we're in our own special, like elevate, (laughs) like we are the King and queen. It feels like court, like you're like a (laughs) Royal court or something. Yes. But also, I guess you're not really sitting for like you're sitting for the speeches. You're right. not like really sitting and like chatting with your friends like you're at a group dinner, like it's your wedding. You're not right. Maybe you're, while you're eating, but that would be like, I don't know, 15. Truly, like, did you speak like, to anyone? Mike and I's fear was that we would feel like we didn't get to see, speak to anybody and it would just be. And don't get me wrong. It's our wedding. We wanted to be together the whole time. But we also are up each other's butts 24-7 and live five feet from each other all the time. So um, so we were like, we don't need to be like tied at the hip completely. But we didn't feel like that. Like we we also did our rounds though during dinner, during salads, where we like went to every single table and said a quick hello, which was stressful, but we're glad we did. But yours, your whole scenario is different because you don't have to do rounds because you're having a whole weekend experience. But so I, if I were you guys, I would do the sweetheart table because you're not going to feel like you're not seeing enough of your guests. Right. We're going to have like more than three weekend. nights with them. Yeah. Right. Plus like the day. So. And it does yeah. just eliminate that like who's the special ones that get to sit with the couple, no matter how much you tell your friends, like, Oh, we picked random. It doesn't matter. Like, don't look into it. They're going to. So if you just want to avoid. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I always do. So I can imagine that other people would too. Speaking of choosing people, have you chosen like ceremony details yet? Like who's standing where and stuff like that? What do you mean? Like, so everyone's going to, sorry, go on. The bridesmaid lineup. I haven't done that yet either, but your TikTok was so funny. I love the uh, Jersey Shore thing. I love that scene too, just in general. And it was really good for, it's like, it does really accurately describe, check out the Betches Brides Instagram. Nicole put a really funny (laughs) TikTok about um, the politics of that. And it got me obviously really anxious because it's the worst too. It's it's like one of the worst moments because you're my planner was like, okay, who do you want to stand where up next to you at the altar? And you have to you do have to pick an order. A lot of people though do it based on height to eliminate. So right. that way you tell like your bridesmaids just, you know, I did it tallest to shortest, stand like that. Or some people do it like based on how long you've known them. I just kind of like literally randomly did it. And I told my friends, I was like, please don't look into this order. You all are most important to me. But right. um, well, they probably for, looked into it. <laughs> that's a good idea is to do it by height. It really takes everything out of the equation. But um, I also have so many siblings. Like I have five sisters, right? That's right. So like, I think by the time you get to the friends, no one will even like, I assume those, the sisters probably go like closer to you just because they're related mm-hmm. to you. 
Um, so I assume by the time you get to the friends, it'll be like, no one will even be thinking about. The right. <laughs> right. And that's, so a, that's a given. Already. It's like siblings go first, no matter like that's a nice, easy cop out for your friends. You just totally people know siblings go first. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping that will take some of the edge off of it. But yeah, it's a lot of like weird political stuff. And then also everyone's coming to my, it's like the same exact people coming to my rehearsal dinner. So I'm like, should I just like do table assignments for both nights and have it the same table? Are you doing like dress codes for any of this stuff? Like a white party for rehearsal? That's what my friend's doing at hers in February. <laughs> That's why um, I'm asking. I know. I, I love the idea of a white party. I didn't do one because I have a friend who like did one who was who mm-hmm. I kind of felt like it's been done for my friends. So it right, like, right. You know, it's like very close to that. But I have like a dress code, like welcome parties, like a bonfire. So it's going to be like pretty casual, like whatever you would wear to a beach bonfire. And I then rehearsal dinner is like cocktail. And then my wedding is beach formal, which I don't think anyone knows what that means. <laughs> Are you getting a lot of questions from people when they receive the invitations about that? I got some questions, not like a ton. It's also like going to be just awkward because I'm having probably like 75 guests and half of them are in my bridal party. <laughs> so they're going to be walking down to just like no one. <laughs> <laughs> look, here's the thing. You're going to look into that way more than your guests are. You're going to feel like even like there something weird happened in our ceremony where the two first rows on like Mike's side technically were empty and only it was his two parents because his sister and our my brother-in-law were up standing with us because they were in the wedding party and no other family like felt like they should sit i guess in the first two rows on that side so it was literally poor mike's mike mike's mom and dad just sitting there like alone in these two rows and we were after we were looking back and we were like why did nobody sit up there that was so weird blah blah, blah. like right. but no it's one like one notice. of those things yeah. nobody notices but uh, yeah so if there are any yeah. like weird gaps well, like that i mean that's why i'm not having any of like the bridesmaids or groomsmen like stand like once they go down they're gonna like sit uh-huh. so that they can fill out all the seats i don't want anyone that's like smart. standing up there that's smart that's smart okay so they're going to sit in the seats during the ceremony. That's smart. Okay. That'll yeah, be nice. I'll let I'm you know so how that excited. goes. <laughs> I'm so excited to just see your entire like wedding. Ex- let's call it not even just a wedding. It's a wedding experience. It's an experiential event at this point. I'm getting very anxious about it, but I appreciate that. I'll, I'll hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll feel more ready when it's closer. Don't be. You'll be. You'll love it. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Well, why don't we bring on our guest? And after our guest, the two of us will be back for Unpopular Opinions brought to you by High Noon. And we will finish up with some games. If you guys haven't checked out, by the way, our shop where we're selling great bridal Halloween stuff. we got the zombie bride, zombie groom, great, perfect, no frills Halloween outfit because like no one has time for that. We're planning weddings Mm -mm. and Yeah, check it out. And we'll be right back with our guest for the week. So we'll see you soon. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service for just $98 a month. 
you can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh Oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BRIDES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code BRIDES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code BRIDES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back today. I am here with a very, very special guest. I am here with Ben Kaufman. He is the leader and lead keyboardist. I believe he plays bass guitar, right, as well? Yes. Yes, of my wedding band, which I know you've heard a ton about recently. So welcome. My wedding band's name is Spectrum. Welcome to the show, Ben. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a huge honor to be on your podcast and to have had the opportunity to actually perform at your wedding. No, it was so great. I mean, literally, I had to have you on. I know I drunkenly told you at the end of the wedding, Ben informed (laughs) me that we had a conversation about him coming on the podcast. And I vaguely, you know, remember bits and pieces, which is funny because the audience makes fun of me because I said I'm only having two drinks at my wedding and that didn't happen. Um, but I, the resounding feedback from our guests was that, you know, everybody loved our wedding. Everybody thought it was so gorgeous, so amazing, so special. They cried, they laughed, whatever, but they loved everybody said, who is that wedding band? They were amazing. They made the night. So that's why I was like, look, we got to have Ben on. So, okay. First, just before we jump really into the nitty gritty, you are the band leader of Spectrum. Can you kind of tell us how you got into this and how long you've been with Spectrum and how you got into, you know, the crazy wedding industry that we are in? Sure. So I've been doing this for 28 years. I played in another band for a little bit and then joined Spectrum in, in 1995. Now in 98, our original female vocalist left the band and replaced uh, was replaced by a female singer named Beth. Uh, Beth and I hit it off right away and we started hanging out. And then at the time, our management company made it so that it was that interpersonal band relationships were completely off limits. So we had (laughs) to fly under the radar and keep it low key. Uh, But we eventually came clean and then we got married and had kids. And now we thumb our noses at this no dating rule in the band. Uh, Beth has since retired. She's not in the band anymore uh, since our second child, but uh, I'm still going strong after all these years. (laughs) 
love that. I love when there's love involved in, in work. <laughs> I think the no dating rule is stupid. Um, good thing. Yeah, Mike, I could never work with Mike, though. But that's a whole other story. Um, okay, so basically, I know before the wedding, um, you know, Mike and I met with you. We And I remember walking away from that conversation with you. We met over the phone, kind of talked about like logistics, which I'll let you talk about a little more. But I remember walking away from that conversation and feeling a lot better. It was probably, I think, about a month out from the wedding or, you know, a little over a month. I just felt sure. so confident going in. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I fully trust Ben and the band to kind of like own this whole reception and keep it like almost more. I remember telling my planner and stuff. I was like, you know, let Spectrum do their thing with the timeline, with everything like they've they know it. So can you kind of talk about the process leading up to the wedding? Like what happens after a couple books you and like, what do you do after that? Why is it so important to communicate with them prior to the big day? Sure. So I'm a planner. I like to have as many things under control as possible and kind of give the band the opportunity to you know, know everything that's going to be under control is, is, is already been controlled. And then when they're there to perform, they can respond to what's happening with the crowd and really cr create music, create art and create moments for, for the couple and, and make the, make the day really happen. Mm -hmm. So we start talking in advance as early as a, a couple wants to uh, really, but the two things we have to talk about are music and the reception timeline. So right. when an event is, is done, I want every single person who was there to walk away saying that was the best party I've ever been to. Not because the band was great, not because the food was great, because the flowers were pretty or whatever, but it's really about the overall experience. Mm -hmm. and, and to do that, it's about making the event feel fun and effortless for, for the guests. And that's created with this reception timeline. So people think music or, or band or DJ, they think really just about the music, but it's all about, for me, creating that environment for things to happen. So scheduling the formalities in the right place and there is an objectively correct way to do this. There's a method to it. So uh, and while the music and all those other individual components are important, it's the flow of the night that's going to get your people walking mm -hmm. away saying, wow. Um, and, and if I had a nickel for every bride or even a planner that I talked to who said, uh, we just want to get everything out of the way and then party. Uh, first of all, I'd have a lot of nickels. <laughs> But every, I definitely every said one that. of those people, <laughs> every one of those people, I say, no, you don't. Your guests are there to celebrate with you and be present right. at all of these individual moments and, uh, and, and make your reception unique and special to you. So it's important to weave those moments into the night and make it feel effortless. Right. I, I, can, I can promise you that nobody wants to sit and watch three slow dances in a row. They don't want to watch your first dance, your parent dances back to back. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the right thing to do is break that up. So you highlight the most important thing, the couple dancing their first dance and you save the parent dances for later. Uh, and also we want to give the host the opportunity to give their words of welcome as a toast at the beginning of the night and then save the friend's speeches or the other toast for later on. So I really love to take part in that planning process for the reception timeline, especially since we're the ones executing the plan. We are, we're the MC, we're making announcements right. and we're adjusting on the fly really to keep the energy right. That's the thing. You hit the nail on the head. It really does. It, 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 people think we get so many questions left and right from our audience being like, which songs do I do? Which songs do I not do? And yes, that's important. But it's 
it's way more like you need the person emceeing the band, the DJ, whoever's whoever you hire, you really need them kind of like controlling the whole overall flow. That flow of the reception is so important. And ours, ours honestly felt so like it felt like it was the right time for the, the father's daughter or the father of the bride speech. It felt like it was the right time then for the maid of honor speech and the best man speech. And then, and I don't know, it just felt like it was a very well constructed event that just flowed really nicely and well. That was a big point of feedback I even got from guests, which was interesting because I didn't know guests really picked up on flow that much. But um, can you talk a little bit more about the ideal structure for the reception? Because I know you guys do some specific things within that that timeline. Sure. So it's about creating it, the energy from the time the doors open and your guests walk into the room. We're playing high energy, mm-hmm. upbeat music, and your guests will feel that as soon as they walk in. From there, we set up your bridal party for introductions. The introductions happen. Uh, the couple comes to the center of the floor and we do your first dance. And from that point, we have your guests join in during the first dance. And we actually do a dance set before dinner. And that sets the tone for the night to say, we are here to party, let's get it going. Uh, if you, you know, especially if you served hors d'oeuvres at the cocktail hour, people are not starving to eat. They don't yeah. need to sit down at dinner right away. Um, and this really makes for some of the best moments on the dance floor and some of the best memories. And real quick, not to cut you off, how long is that dance set you said normally? It's, you know, 20 minutes to 30 minutes somewhere. Okay. And it doesn't have to be a huge chunk of time. Um, I remember but- before our wedding, seeing that on your timeline and kind of at first being like, wait, what was that? Like, what is that dance set? And then I remember you guys, my planner, you guys were like, trust me, it'll work. And it truly did set the tone. It's like, you, you don't want, I've been to weddings where you walk into the reception and people are kind of always like, like just standing around like, okay, now what? Like this was so much fun. That dance set I think was so key in just setting the tone for the rest of the night. It really does. So after that 20 or 30 minutes or so, we'll sit everybody down uh, the host has their words of welcome. Maybe there's a blessing and then dinner service starts. And while dinner is happening, we'll have the friends toast a maid of honor, best man can come up and give toasts. Uh, and then after dinner, when, when, I, when all that's done, we draw our, draw the attention back to the dance floor by doing the parent dances there. So mm-hmm. uh, ideally with the parent dances, if there's two, we would do uh, a short version of whichever the first parent dance is. And then for the second parent dance, we'll do the whole version, but we'll bring the guests up to join in on the second song, just like we did with the first dance at the beginning of the night. That gives people a reason to get up out of their chairs onto the dance floor. And now the dance floor is packed and and we rock until the end of the night. And if the timing is right, that last set is about two hours or so. Mm -hmm. We may break that up with a a cake cutting. And sometimes the, the couple wants to say, say thanks or have the last word or the kind of last toast at the end of the night somewhere in that last dance set. But other than that, most often we're just we're, we're playing straight through for that last two hours. So that's that's right. my ideal timeline. Uh, I keep it as a draft. And I don't know if you, you do show notes, but I can I can send it over to you. And, and uh, that would be people. so helpful because you read my mind because I know we're going to mm-hmm. get people begging for this actual timeline so we can promote it on the Instagram for you guys and stuff. Thank you. That's so kind of you to share that. Sure. Um, and OK, so I know like during my wedding, there was a specific moment when I remember, I I forget exactly when this happened, but because of the way our venue, I talked about this in my recap podcast, because of the way our venue was set up, 
there were a bunch of people outside at one point because the bars were outside and the beautiful um the beautiful uh overlook what's it called balcony (laughs) was outside and it was a gorgeous night and for at one point i think a lot of people just were like getting drinks and stuff and you guys did something that literally brought everyone back out onto the dance floor and people were there for the rest of the entire night i think it was the song we are family was played and somehow you like got everyone in and i remember that was one of my few bridezilla moments right before that because i was like where is everybody in outside (laughs) but can you kind of talk about like well a that moment like how do you kind of keep people on the dance floor you know is it certain songs that you guys do is it stuff like that yeah so you're uh, we're getting into secrets at this point, but yes, when, when there's, Sorry, when there, there are going to be these natural lulls that happen in dance sets, especially if it's, if there are distractions, whether they're um, you know, yours was just the gorgeous venue itself. Uh, other people bring in distractions, whether it's a photo booth mm-hmm. or other things or activities. Or, yep. Other things that are going to take people away from the dance floor. Now there's times oh. where that gets to be excessive, where we're like, we right. need to rein this back in and, uh, get the focus back on where I know the couple wants it, where I know you wanted it. Uh, I, I, I know you wanted your people on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. So every every band or DJ for that matter should have some something in their arsenal to be able to bring that back in. Um, and at that particular time, I felt like that was the right choice. So it, it wasn't yes. just the song, but we do, we, we bring you to the center of the dance floor and, uh, you know, bring all the guests back by saying, hey, let's, let's focus on Nicole and Mike and and get it going again. Right. It was so, it it felt so natural too. like people were like, Oh, this is so fun. And from that point on, I think like when people wanted drinks, they, we either sent one person to get a bunch because nobody truly, nobody wanted to leave, go outside to get drinks and leave the dance floor because they were having so much fun. Um, Sorry, jumping around a little bit. No, that's fine. Your bar was outside too, right? Yes. Yep. Right. That um, so that's people. another distraction, right? It's going to pull people up. Oh, we had so many distractions. And that's a good point. That's just like a point for people because we get all these questions when people are planning their weddings. Do I have to have a photo booth? Do I have to have a cigar station? Do I have to have a cool whatever? Sta- I don't know. You can do so many things at weddings. And sometimes I do think like, you know, we loved our photo booth. A ton of guests used it and liked it. But I think if you have a really good band or a really good DJ, you don't need all that stuff because they end up being distractions and and taking away from this amazing. But, you know, again, if you have a good band or DJ, they'll kind of pull people back like you guys did. But it's just something to keep in mind. You don't need a, an activity at every single corner to be doing at your wedding. It's all a, it's all a matter of what kind of party you're going for. If totally. you want a dance party, then... You don't need all those other things, but at the same time, and I can't remember whether I, I told you this specifically when we were on the phone, but that your guests are going to take your cue. So if you guys are on the dance floor, then your mm-hmm. guests are going to join you on the dance floor. If you are out mingling and talking, they're going to mingle be and less talk. inclined to be on the dance floor. Yep. Yep. Totally. So do you, I know when we were planning prior, we gave a couple songs like do not play. And those were your typical, like 
I think it was a Bruno Mars song or something. I was just like, I've heard it at too many weddings. Don't play this one. And I think we also gave a couple that we saw on your guys' song list that we just really loved. And we were like, you know, love this one. No pressure if you play it or not, but love it. Do you like when couples do that? Or do you guys like better when they kind of leave it up to you? I, I think you gave the, the perfect amount of interjection ah. and suggestion for, for for what I'm looking for really from a client. So either way is fine. If, if a client says, uh, gives us no guidance at all, that's totally fine. We don't come in to an event with a set list. We are, we, we are dynamically reading what's happening at the event and oh, calling awesome. the next song, uh, you know, based on what's happening, what I think is going to work. Now we always have are a couple of go-tos where we know that these two or three songs go together. But beyond that, I'm responding to what's happening at the crowd with the crowd and, and calling the next song uh, based on that. So if you give us requests, I'm going to keep them on a list in front of me and work mm-hmm. them into the night when the right time is. Uh, and if you're sick of Bruno Mars and we won't play any Bruno Mars that night, we're fine. We're, <laughs> we're, we're fine taking the night off of that. But um, so if, yeah, if you, if you're, if you provide a list, we'll sure to be sure to work those must plays in. Um, okay, but you don't like yeah. when a couple gives like an entire play this whole like this at this point because that just no. I mean, well, that's the thing. It's it's like trust your vendors. Oh, I've had people that have have given me a list of like oh, God. You know, I have to hear these fifty songs and that's my whole night, or for that matter, taken our song list and crossed out all but fifty songs <laughs> and that very much put this in a box, and I'm like. I'm sorry you spent all this time on this, but we're not using this list because you you just completely tied my hands, right? Right. My thinking when talking to you guys and and about this was you guys have done a trillion weddings at this point for the past 28 years. I've done zero. This is the first wedding I've planned. So I was like, I trust your taste better than I do my own when it comes to like playing the right songs to... feel out the vibe of the party. So that's kind of like a tip I'd say to other couples and brides is trust your vendors. They've been doing this longer for you than you. So I don't know. It's just trust them. No, that's great. Also, if a client has requests that aren't on our song list, uh, that's great. We want that. We learn music every single week. Um, Anyway, so if a client doesn't give us requests, we're going to either pick up something that's hot and new or something that's a classic that's just going to be new to us because that keeps us fresh. It keeps our song list fresh and really, I mean, it just keeps us from getting stale. We do this, we do this a lot and we don't want to play the same song right. uh, every night for 20 years. Right. I, I think so. I said, can you guys do Dua Lipa's Levitating? And you were, I think you were like, oh, that's a new one, but sure. And it ended up being so good. So yes, made you learn yeah, that one for me. Yeah, no. And we picked up uh, another Dua Lipa song since then as well. So yeah. Oh. Um, you know, what we do during the dance set is we, it's, I think when people compare a band to a DJ, it's like, well, they think the DJ is going to beat mix and they're going from song to song to song. But, you know, that's what we try to do with the band as well. And it's not like we're hitting one particular genre. We're moving from, um, you know, old to new and, and all in between. And we're, then there's no time in between songs. So we'll go from like Michael Jackson, Dua Lipa, mm-hmm. uh, Rihanna, Marvin Gaye, Bruno Mars, whatever, just like a DJ would only it's live. Um, right. and that really sets like th- this energy. And also uh, anybody who's hesitant to book a band, um, you know, I think the way, the way we do it at least is it, there's no downtime in between songs. You know? That was key. Also just like, 
the you guys literally were playing music the entire time like even during dinner my you played um i think it's called lavia and rose or i'm butchering that but my dad came up to me and was like this is my favorite song ever how did they know this and i was like i don't know i true and it was like the perfect song for dinner there i i told the whole podcast audience this you guys are sick of hearing it but my favorite moment from the entire wedding i think was the casey and jojo all my life song during dinner like i mean it was just amazing they they you guys serenaded us um so all that said are there any kind of um songs we had a lot of audience questions about songs that you recommend versus not right or recommend not playing are there any songs that um you definitely recommend not playing at a wedding or any types of music um so I think the only thing that's off limits really is like offensive, harsh, misogynistic rap right. music, really. Like that's, that's <laughs> the only absolute no. I can tell you that we've been doing this a while. And I think the, um, there, there was an older formula for the dance sets that used to be like, we play a few dance songs and then a ballad, like almost with a three to one ratio where it's like dance, 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 and then a slow song. And that's really fallen out of favor now where we, we keep it consistently up tempo and I'm not saying there's no place for a ballad right. in a dance set, but it has to be done at the right time in the wrong spot. It will really kind of drain the energy out of the room. But beyond that, there's really nothing that's, that's off limits. Off limits. Okay. Yeah. Um, are there any must play songs that our audience should know about or ones that you've seen really get the party going lately? So um, I mean, this comes and goes so, so much, right. But mm-hmm. anything that's, that is danceable and crosses generations, meaning it's recognizable. So, uh, I think years ago, I felt like we could classify a song as either a current song or an oldie or, you know, and that was pretty much it. So we'd either have the couple and their friends on the floor or their parents on the floor. Right. And now, and I say recently, but it's really been like the last 15 years, pop music's gotten better. Uh, mm-hmm. And better in my context is it's more melodic and it's more danceable. So now we have young people listening to like classic rock and 80s music and people of my parents' generation loving Bruno Mars and Lizzo. And it's like, it's so much easier to keep a dance set going with everybody there because of the way pop music has progressed over the last few years. And it just totally, you know, and, you know, I could any, any individual songs I tell you now are going to be dated in six months. So totally. <laughs> it's really just whatever's hot now. So. I do think like Lizzo is a perfect example of cross-generational one. Like parents love it. Kids love it. Everybody. I mean, and people, Jordana, my co-host and I always say this, people love songs that they can sing along to. And like that relatable aspect. If somebody can like sing along to the band on a, with a song, like it's going to be a banger. Um, random audience questions. What are your thoughts on bridal party entrances? I know we did this. I think it was your idea to do everybody just enter at one point. I forget whose idea it was. Maybe our planners. Somebody thought of the, we just threw our bridal party in at one point, um, at the beginning of the reception, because I have, I had such a big bridal party. I was like, look, I'm not going to make them like make up a dance on the spot and do a little silly entrance thing. Um, right. So we just kind of, you guys played a really fun song. They, I think it was um, Bring Them Out by T.I. I think yeah. Mike picked yeah. that one. <laughs> um, 
but it was fun. They thanked us for it. What are your thoughts on that? Like, are are you seeing that bridal party entrances are kind of becoming outdated or? Yeah. So I don't have a personal opinion on it. I mean, you know, in terms of people think, well, I'm not going to do it because it takes away from the party. But I mean, even with a big bridal party, it's really only the length of one song or so. So um, I think most people do think it's nice to single people out who mm-hmm. you know took the time and were that were in the bridal party, but it's also become much more popular to do what we did at your wedding, uh, which is to bring the bridal party out as a group, especially when you have a large bridal party. But I mean, personally, I don't have an opinion. I'm just kind of like I, whatever I'm seeing, I kind of share with our our other clients and brides and and say here are your options really and just leave it up to them. But Right. Um, you know, either way is fine. So. Right. And that's that's a good point. I think a lot of people are like, oh, no, it'll take so long, but it's really just one song. So if you do want to do it, just do it. It's not going to like take away from the it's not going to take up the entire reception length. Is there anything else that you feel like, you know, couples should know about making sure they have they're working with their band, they're working with their DJ, whoever up front to make sure they have you know, the most fun reception possible? I think the most important thing, we talked about the timeline, that's important. And then, um, you know, I, I do get questions a lot about, you know, what are my, can you give me some options for first dances or parent dances? I think mm-hmm. there are, um, it, it's really unlimited with 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 the options. It's whatever is special and meaningful to you. So on your first dance, for example, like don't hold back and, and don't show, don't shy away from something that's maybe overplayed or tired because it's a classic because they're classics for a reason. They're good songs. And a lot of people see, see meaning in them, um, which, you know, which is okay. And we, we do tend to play a lot of the same songs to, for first dance numbers and in, in parent dance songs, kind of the same thing. It's like, um, you know, whatever's meaningful to you and your parents, the only word of caution there is like, you really want to check the lyrics before you pick your parents <laughs> to a song to dance with your parents too. Mm-hmm. So, a song like Shining Star by the Manhattans is a fantastic tune. And the the title says, you know, oh, you're my shining star. That's great. The sentiment and and even the the um the chorus sounds great, but then your band might die a little bit inside when they have to sing Feels So Good when we're lying here next to each other when we touch uh, I love you so much. It's really, really awkward. So yes. to listen to the song and maybe cut a verse if you need to there. So yes, listen prior, listen to the lyrics, listen to the meaning behind it. Like I've I've yeah. seen some people like pick songs that they think is like a love loving song, but it really is about like a breakup or something. So yeah, definitely do that. And I say practice before. So my dad and I didn't practice and he I talked about this in the last episode. He was throwing up like or throwing in like a two step here and there and I was like, hey, you know, it went well, whatever, but I was like I wish we practiced this before. Yes. <laughs> it yep. was still so much fun. Yeah, but you don't need to take dance lessons either, right? You want to have right. an idea about what you're doing and there are people that do these elaborate things uh you know, and especially for first dances. Uh but it's, you know, you I think just having a sense of what you're going to do is fine, but you don't mm-hmm. need to go to dance lessons for years. Sorry if you went to dance lessons for years. <laughs> right, right. No, but that's the thing. It's like I, we get these questions all the time, like which first dance song do I do that's not overdone and overplayed and that's original? And I'm like, well, first of all, you're never going to have an original song that nobody else has ever done at their wedding unless you physically make your own um, or somebody does for you. But so like you said, I think that's a really good tip. Pick songs that just mean something to you, the lyrics, the beat, whatever, that, that you feel special about. Because 
when it comes down to it, everybody, if, if somebody has it else has it at their wedding, so be it. That means that it's a good song. So yeah, just pick their classics for a reason. So just don't worry about having an original song. But anyways, um, well, thank you so much. We, that time has flown. I feel like we could go on for literal days talking about all of this. So we might have to do something with you where we get more questions over to you and maybe do like a takeover or something. But um, where can everybody find you and find Spectrum Band? We have a fantastic partnership with Washington Talent Agency, which has been super important to our success. Um, they, you know, they're hugely respected. They've been around forever and they're truly great people over there. So you work with Brian Morris, also Shauna Purnell, Jake Robert, uh, these folks, they really get it. They care on a personal level and then they... Um, they really take the business stuff, all the paperwork, all the contracts, the marketing off of our plate and, and let me and the band really focus on on what matters at each event. So we're yeah. Spectrum at uh, Washington Talent. So. And Washington Talent has a bunch of bands too. So yeah, good to know. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ben. Yeah. Now it's time for Unpopular Opinions, brought to you by High Noon Hard Seltzer. Some of these opinions might be unpopular, but you know what's really popular? High Noon Hard Seltzer, with flavors like pineapple, black cherry, watermelon, grapefruit, peach, lime, mango, and passion fruit. They've got you covered for whatever occasions, be it your batch party, your bridal shower, your cocktail hour, you name it. Our first opinion for today is... If you move, it's your responsibility to notify the couple for invites. What do you think? You're probably, I picked this one because you're probably going through this right now. Well, you went through it where you sent out your invitations. Um, I don't know if you had to chase some people down, but I did being a COVID bride planning your wedding over for like getting addresses two years ago and then having to get new addresses. Now it was insane. So, um, Here's the thing. I actually disagree because I think if you are a guest and you're sending the couple your address, it's kind of almost a little presumptuous. It it might feel like you're like, hey, I know I'm invited. So here's my new address. Right. Um, Well, it's like if you're, I think if you're close enough that you're like speaking to them regularly and you feel like you're good friends and you would talking to them anyway, then yeah, like where it's obvious you're invited. Like if it's mm-hmm. your like maid of honor and you, she moves like great. Or you probably know they were moving too, though. That's the thing. If you're very right. close, you're going to know they moved regardless. That's and you true. should send them. You should send them your new address. In that right. case. What if they're a friend that you see like once every three or four months? Those are like the ones where this is like the issue where it's like, yeah, you know, we may have moved. It may have not come up. And like, I were probably invited, but it's not like a hundred percent obvious. <laughs> I think the rule of thumb is a guess if you received a save the date. And if this wasn't like, I'm not talking COVID brides that sent you a save the date in 2019 and now are figuring out their new plans because they could have very much uninvited you. So don't assume, but normal wedding, if you received a date X amount of months ago and a save the date and you you're right to assume that you are getting an invitation because that's what a save the date means. I think you can follow up and be like, Hey guys, just what? No use. I know you sent the save the date to 
our address, but we actually just moved to this address now. Just wanted to give you a heads up just so you have it. And I think that's fine. Yeah, I totally agree. And if someone asks me for an address for on the save the date or for the save the date, I did paperless post save the dates. So I asked people for their address Mm -hmm. there too. So then it's like, okay, they clearly want to know my most up-to-date address. So I would try to, I mean, obviously there's so much going on in people's lives. It's hard to like, remember like when you move, like to check off the checklist of like telling your friend who's having a wedding. Like, I don't think that's top of mind for most people who are moving. Like, let me tell everyone whose wedding is in the next year um, Mm -hmm. about that. So I do think it's like on, but what we did for our invitations is like, right before we were going to send them, we just like followed up with anyone. We were like unsure, especially during the pandemic. We were like unsure if they like some people moved home. Like, are you still living at home or did you move back? Like, I'm not really sure. So I do think it kind of, I agree with you. It is on the couple who's getting married. And as guests, just make sure when you are moving, just in case you're setting up the forwarding mail thing that, that you're supposed to do when you move. But, you know, if the couple accidentally sends your old address, you'll get it. 82% of our audience agrees that it is on the guest to notify the couple. So that's interesting. So I guess they disagree with us. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Should we do another one? Yes. Okay. So this one is you don't need to get ready with everyone in your bridal party. Um, I know you don't need to, but I feel like that's part of like the experience of the whole day. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it makes it more exciting. Yeah, I, I mean, I would never want to like get ready alone on my wedding day. I feel like I'd that would just be a recipe for disaster for me. Like right. it is part of the experience. I think that time from having it was so fun. And so you're just like giddy. You're with your best friends and you're getting ready for this huge day. Um, it's a really fun time. But at the same time, I've seen some TikToks of these brides that are like, nope, I want to do my own makeup. I want to be alone. I want to like get ready in peace. And if you want to do that, I think more yeah. power to you. I think it totally depends on like, you know, yourself. Are you like someone who gets like more energized from being around other people? Or are you going to be like depleted from being around other people? Right. I, but I do think like, if you do, I think this, this opinion might be asking, like, if you do have a chunk of bridesmaids, are you okay? Are you allowed to only pick like one or two of them to get ready with? And I would say like, that's not okay because they're bridesmaids for a reason. I think that's a little awkward. Like it has to be all or nothing. Right, right. I agree. 56% of people disagree that. So they're saying, yes, you do need to get ready with everyone in your bridal party. Okay. The bride's dress doesn't need to be kept a secret. Yours is pretty secretive, right? Or have your like bridesmaids seen it? Um, I've, I, I don't like, I don't proactively show it to anyone. I prefer right. also to not like send it out. But if I'm with someone and they're like, can I see your dress? I'll like pull up a picture of it. Right, right. I don't know why I won't send it out. I'm just more like, I don't know. Like, I don't really think it should be a secret. Like, I don't really care. But um, it does feel like it's kind of like everything about the wedding. Like, you don't want to like tell so much about it before that the right. people are like, they already know. That's the thing you, you know want. I mean? You want, you want some like, element. Yeah. Yeah. You want some element of a surprise and a wow factor. And I don't think it needs to be like a lockdown secret. I ha- I do know some brides who have done that. And it is a very fun, like wow moment for 
the friends and bridesmaids if they've never seen. I was different. Like I needed my friends' opinions on my dress. Did my shoes go with my dress? That kind of thing. My earrings, which ones to pick, whatever. So I showed them my dress. But I mean, I think definitely keep it a secret from your significant other who you're marrying, obviously. And then um, I, I was like you. I didn't really send it out. I just... Right. We kind of talked about this a while ago, too. It's kind of like, I don't really want I if I send it, I know that anyone who I send it to is going to at least pretend that they love it. Right. So it's not really Mm -hmm. like it's more for them to show them than it is for me, because once I bought it, no one's going to like talk shit about it to my face. So (laughs) like to me, it's almost more annoying to have to send it to people because then I'm like, I don't even want you like having an opinion in your head. Like I'd rather just yes. like, go yep. like just show it to you, but the point of no return and you can tell me that you love it regardless of if you do, like when you see me in it in person. Right. But I don't really like want anyone's opinion on it after, especially after I've already bought it. Like, right. So right. I prefer, I don't like, I didn't, I don't like showing the people the dress for that reason. I'm just kind of like, this is my decision and I liked it. And I don't want like, I don't well, want your fake smart. positive opinion or like yeah. your real well, that's positive the thing. opinion. You can sense when they're being kind of fake. I Because I've had that with a couple people. You show it to them and they're like, oh, I love it. But it's like such a fake. I love it. And you're like, OK, no, you don't. And then because you've already made the decision to purchase the dress, it that gets in your head and makes you like regret it a little because right. it's therapy. And it's so just like, what's the point? Sticky. What's the upside? Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know where we land on this. But. I think that's the only reason to keep it a secret is because you're just like, right. I like don't want to talk to you about this. Like I've already made the decision and like you can like it or hate it. But like, I don't want to I don't want to like it's like get in my head. Right. Exactly. And it will. They'll get in your head those opinions. So, right. yeah, I guess keep it a secret. The audience was quite torn on this as well, because last time I checked on this one, it was 50 percent each way. Agree and disagree. So. Okay. That seems very, very, very torn. We'll have to figure it out. But that was Unpopular Opinions brought to you by High Noon Hard Seltzer with 100 calories, gluten-free, and no added sugar. High Noon is more than a drink. It's a way of life, an attitude, a vibe. Because when the sun's up, there are always good times to be had. Um, we love High Noon. As you can see, it's the perfect pre- perfect for all your pre-wedding, actual wedding, after-the-wedding events. Um, I love all... The pineapple one is like still my favorite, I have to say. Um, but they're all kind of amazing in their own way. I will never turn one down, even if it's not my number one flavor, because even the number two, three flavors are still pretty awesome. And you can find mm-hmm. out where to purchase High Noon by visiting highnoonspirits.com. And that's it for us. We will see you next week. Till death do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Nicole Pellegrino, Sean Kilby, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.